Preventing suicide is one of our society's greatest challenges. That's why the Flint Hills Volunteer Center has developed this Suicide Awareness Packed podcast. Packed stands for Prevention, Awareness, Compassion, Training. The Suicide Packed podcast will feature personal stories and professional perspectives. This podcast series is funded in part by the Kansas Health Foundation, AmeriCorps Seniors, and the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Our hope is to touch hearts and provide hope amidst despair. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share them with those you know that are seeking help and hope. Our website and contact info is included in the show notes. Thank you again for joining us, and today it's Suicide Awareness Pact, and our theme today, Lori Bishop, is bullying, and we've got a young lady that's uh, in here that I've been friends with for a long time. I think I first became familiar with you back when you were in high school singing, and uh, Lori, this is something that is just too widespread of a problem for a lot of young people and, and even not so young people. Yes, it is. And, and, and we have with us today, Rachel Braddy and, and also want to give Rachel credit. She's a volunteer with our Flint Hills Volunteer Center and uh, we appreciate all your volunteer service too. But, uh, Rachel, I recently read and I'm sure, uh, quite a few people have a story you posted on Facebook about your, um, journey with bullying. And, and that's when I read that, it just, I, I reached out to you immediately after I read that because that's what our theme is. Um, this is, uh, because of what I went through with my son and and everything and is I realized we have to tell the stories and and hearing those that really happen uh, will lead to conversation that's what I'm hoping this whole podcast does is is lead to so Rachel let's begin with what circumstances have led you to feeling like you've been bullied and 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 you actually have and if you want to share that so tell us a little bit about yourself I have a condition called thrombocytopenia absent radius. Whew, that's always a big mouth. So that means I have low platelets and I have no radius bones. So my arms are quite a bit shorter than um, anyone else's arms. So I have a big difficulty reaching things, dressing myself easily, um, writing, things like that. Um, you know, I can do all of those things, but it definitely takes me extra time. And especially as a kid, it took me extremely amount of time to figure out how I could do things and um, get to, to being a little more independent in my life. So I needed um, a lot of extra care when I was in school, um, grade school. So I had a lot of adults around me all the time. Um, and so I think that initially might have started some of the bullying was that there was, you know, maybe some jealousy that I was getting that special attention, even though I didn't ask for it. I just needed it. So, you know, things just kind of escalated from there. When did you first notice that this? Were you grade school? Yeah, I was definitely in grade school, um, probably maybe first or second grade. You know, it wasn't anything major, you know, and like in my um, Facebook post, I kind of started this off by saying, you know, it started small. It started with the names. Um, I was called Raccoon Girl, T-Rex, Ugly Duckling, some with other really bad acronyms. So, especially like, and I'm sure everybody's seen like the T-Rex jokes of like them trying to reach for the toilet paper and they can't, you know, things like that, that 
everybody thinks is funny, but for me, that is my life. That's kind of an insult to me because I was called T-Rex so many times, you know? So I think it's like that, that kind of just started it um, from there. Then things kind of started turning into practical jokes is kind of what I call them, but um, essentially just things that were not nice, even though everybody else around me thought they were funny. One of the stories that I shared in my Facebook post was I was in fifth grade and we had some Valentines, you know, and everybody sends their own Valentines um, to one another. And I got a Valentine from who I thought was my crush. And luckily, I was smart enough to realize that the name was spelled incorrectly. And so I figured it out that it wasn't actually from him, but it was like day later. And so, you know, I was so excited that this guy had wrote me a special Valentine's. And I, you know, so I was like, oh, look at all this. I was showing all my friends and all these girls started laughing hysterically. And I realized that this was not from him and it was just a horrific joke. I had this special desk that was, you know, because in elementary school, your desks have holes in them. And so you have to kind of put, shove your books in and out. I couldn't reach them. So my dad had made this drawer. And so it had, um, you know, so I could just op- pull it out, get what I needed and then put everything, you know, push it back in. But I would come to school and I would have dirty Kleenexes, other trash, um, gum, different things, you know, just junk that did not belong to me in a desk. You know, that was extremely hard. And so it just is kind of slowly, you know, built from there. The biggest event in my life that I experienced bullying was in middle school. And in middle school, there was this guy that was in my drama class. You know, we're just kind of free practicing and doing stuff. And so I wanted to go get something out of my backpack. And so I was walking up the steps and he had breath spray in his hand and he basically, so we were, so I was walking up the steps and he told me that I was an effing ugly duckling or, you know, I probably used the B word too, and then sprayed the breath spray in my face, in my eyes. I had never really even spoken to him before. He was a year older than me, so I didn't really have much in the way of classes with him. It was mortifying, but it was just absolutely just broke my spirit. It really did. And so I, you know, I stole his friends and I, you know, was bubbly on the outside and made everyone think that life was okay. But ultimately, I was crying myself to sleep at night. I was wondering who would care if I had left the world. You know, I never, ever attempted or did anything to harm myself, but there were probably weeks that I contemplated which way I could end my life. And that was, you know, obviously it's hard to admit. It's hard to say, I really felt like this, but I did, you know, and I was glad when high school ended, you know, I was glad when I could be my own person, but I definitely am a lot more of a reserved person now because of it. I put myself out, but probably not nearly as much as I did 
when I was a kid, um, just because of all of the rejection and all of the persecution that I went through. I think that's the sad thing that, and something I don't think people understand is those that are being bullied, those that are having those feelings. I just wonder if they even realize, you know, what they're doing. I, I, I've spoken recently with some elementary school girls, and this is just recently. Yours has been a few years, but just recently, it's still existing. And the comments I heard were, you're fat, you're ugly. One said, you have an autistic face, uh, you know, and it's just like, where do we draw this line, you know, and, and how can we prevent it? And that's why I like hearing stories uh, and sharing stories. And so how do you think your sharing your story is going to help others? Well, I hope that it makes people realize that hopefully with children that they need to consider what children are saying behind, you know, even in their own home. I've heard my friend's kids, you know, that have said something about classmate. And it's like, I hope that the parents would say, well, that's not something nice. You shouldn't say that, you know, about them at all. Um, I think sometimes we just put it under the rug and just kind of ignore the behavior instead of allowing the behavior to be stopped. But I also hope that it will remind people that we as a disabled community or those that are a different race or whatever the bullying might be about, that we're, we're human, we're people too, and we need just as much love, if not a little extra love, right. um, to, you know, to feel like we belong. And I think that was something that I, I really missed in school, especially. But, you know, I want a place to feel like I belong in. And that never, I mean, beyond like choir and maybe performance here and there, um, I never really felt like I had a place where I felt safe and belong other than my home. Today, I'm also pleased to introduce Crystal Lance with Pawnee Mental Health. I uh, want to hear some feedback from you. But first, Crystal, tell us uh, what your uh, background is. So I am a therapist by, by nature, by background at Pawnee Mental Health. I've worked at Pawnee Mental Health for 10 years. Um, prior to that, I worked in a psychiatric residential treatment facility. And so I've worked a lot with, with young children all the way up into the geriatric range, um, dealing with, with all sorts of different mental health conditions. I think Lori's examples and, and Rachel's example that she brought to, to our attention today are, are really important in helping promote the stories of people. I think once we start hearing how people are impacted, it, it has a a bigger impact on all of us and, and our desire to change. I also kind of wanted to note that in the past, one of the big ways that we told kids to deal with this was walk away. And over the last 20 years, um, living in the age of social media with the world at our fingertips via our cell phones and computers, it's become nearly impossible for, for kids to walk away from their bullies. And so we really have to develop other strategies to help kiddos fight back to those bullies and um, help mediate the impact that bullies are having on our lives. Yeah, that's the difference difference I've seen um, is the social media, the TikTok, the, you know, that kind of stuff. What do you think the, the answer is going to be? 
Bullying itself isn't a mental health diagnosis, but we know it can have a profound impact on mental health, including leading to and exacerbating mental health symptomology. I think one of the biggest things we can do as a community is building resiliency in our kids. Even one positive support in someone's life can really lessen the impact of, of the negativity that people are experiencing. And so finding ways to be positive and create positivity in your environment can can really impact uh, the, the energy that surrounds you. Rachel, I, you started your post out by saying, I hate that another young live, a 12-year-old, was taken by suicide because of bullying. Was that the tipping point for you to want to speak out? I think so. You know, um, seeing that a young boy had killed himself by using a hoodie. You know, we think of the extreme measures of, you know, hanging or stuff. You never think that someone's going to use their hoodie to do it. Um, and so, you know, I just decided that it's just that time that people aren't going to change unless we voice ourselves and unless we tell others our stories. And I definitely think that that was kind of that moment of like, forget this. I'm tired of being quiet. And I see that because it took me 10 years before I could tell my story. And I had a lot of reactions from it. And, and people were posting, if you can just save one life, your story was worth it. Did you have feedback from sharing your story? Oh, yeah. I mean, I probably had a hundred and some odd comments. And my first initial thought, and I kind of said it in the post, was, you know, don't patronize me by checking, you know, by saying something nice now. But it wasn't that people, you know, were giving me sympathy. It was like, thanks for voicing your story. Thanks for um, making me aware that I might have done something in the past. And actually, one of the girls that laughed at me for the Valentine's Day card actually reached out and she's like, I think I might have had my head up my butt in those days. So she wasn't necessarily saying, I know that was me, but she acknowledged the fact that she was probably a part of some of that. As a young adult, have you seen the, I guess, landscape of bullying change since you were young? Um, It's changed. I am definitely glad that, you know, I was born in 82. So I was definitely glad that I was not a part of that major um, social media part because it probably would have been even worse. Um, but yeah, I definitely think you're right that the, the in-person or the physical part of bullying has probably gotten a little bit better. Are you seeing anything now that you're an adult? Do you mean like personally for myself? Yes. Yes. I've had some people that have turned away from me. Um, actually, a few years ago, I was in a quick shop and these two 20-something-year-olds walked by me and one looked at me and it was summer, so I had a tank top on and he looked at me and he did a you know, 360 and walked away and went and told all of his friends. He's like, you got to go look at this kid, you know, go look at this girl. She's got really little arms. It was like putting his arms in the sleeve. And I kind of, you know, said, yes, I've got short arms and you're a bleeping asshole. Oops, sorry. Can I say that? It was the first time that I had actually kind of stood up to someone, but it was like, these guys were in their twenties. They were adults. They know better where, you know, if a little kid in a store is doing it or asking their mom about me, like I kind of just attempt to brush that off because kids don't know better. But when, you know, the parents are like, shh, 
don't talk about her or, you know, like leave her alone and say, well, yeah, she's different, but she, you know, has a beautiful smile or she, you know, is really well dressed today. You know, things like that could make a difference in how kids or people see people like me or others, you know, that might not look like them. Crystal, do you see, as a counselor and working with Pawnee Mental Health, is there anything that you uh, as an organization are doing to work with kids or are you even working with uh, the school district? Pawnee is actively involved with the school district here in Manhattan and in surrounding communities uh, to address symptomology related to mental health. And bullying is definitely a part of that. I think building compassion and, and empathy within individuals is a big part in mediating bullying, um, but then also developing some of those CBT type techniques that Rachel was just talking about, kind of reframing that bullying or focusing on strengths that make us different instead of instead of other things that make us different. Um, and that can really change the way we look at other people. What would you recommend to a parent whose child is struggling with some of these bullying issues? Be willing to have the conversation. I think um, some people are scared to have conversations that are uncomfortable because they don't know what they're going to bring out. And And I think being willing to have that conversation and open that door and be that positive support for your kid can make a huge difference in their willingness to open up to you. Um, And if they are opening up to you and it it feels beyond your capacity, reach out to the social worker at the school or reach out to Pawnee Mental Health or or any of the other providers in the community to try to get a a better direction of where to go with what your kids brought you. And Pawnee.org is the website where people can learn more about the services that you offer. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that I had heard recently, too, about a a young girl that was uh, being bullied in school, a young boy who was bullying the girl. Apparently, he was doing it with other kids and making that. And so the parents finally said something to the the school and the boy received a a three-day suspension. Um, So sometimes I wonder if it doesn't take something like that to you know, to make them understand, you know, this is this is not right. I think the schools do the best that they have with the information that they have. And if they have incomplete information, it's really hard for them to act. And so I think having that open line of communication between parents and, and kids and parents in schools and kids in schools and, and being able to have those difficult conversations really gives everyone um, more accurate information to act upon. Well, Rachel, I applaud you for coming and telling your story because I've always found you to be a, a delightful, beautiful young woman in and out. It's tough to really suck it up and share everything. But like what Lori said, I think by being able to tell your story truly does help to save lives. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I appreciate you saying those kind words to me. I've said them before to you. You have. You have very much so. (laughs) And I always appreciate it. But yeah, I think this is the time to get it right. And hopefully the the kids that are being raised right now, um, hopefully will do better than what we have in the last decades before. That was another reason why I wanted you on our podcast is because we have to tell our stories. Could that one story make a difference? Could that one story save a life? Could that one story help be in preventing? You know, there's just lots of things that we don't know, but what we're hopeful for. So, Crystal, is there anything else you want to say on uh, as a counselor? I think just use those noticing skills. Um, Anytime you see changes in behavior, that's a good indicator that something's going on, and that's when you need to start asking asking those questions to try to get to the bottom of what's going on so that you can help get someone the help that they need. That's a good point. We hope you or someone you love can benefit from this series. If you need help, reach out to the many resources that are available. Many are listed in our show notes. 
The Flint Hills Volunteer Center's Suicide Awareness Pact podcast series is funded in part by the Kansas Health Foundation, AmeriCorps Seniors, and the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share them with those you know that are seeking help and hope.